0: In my freshman year of high school, our country was embroiled in the Watergate scandal. And two years later, at the end of my sophomore year, I watched President Nixon wave goodbye for the last time. He boarded a helicopter and he left the White House in shame and in disgrace. And he was the only president in our nation's history that ever resigned. It is generally conceded that Richard Nixon was one of the most brilliant presidents that we ever had, but he made one of the greatest blunders that anyone can ever make, and it led to his downfall. When wrongdoing was uncovered, he did not admit it, apologize, or ask for forgiveness. Now, somebody has rightly said the American people are very forgiving people. And uh, many have thought that if he had done that, that the country would have forgiven him. But instead, he sought to cover it up. He sought to hide it. He thought he could outsmart his opponents. One of my friends in those days put it very bluntly. He said he lied to the country. And once the country learned that... It was all over. Senator Baker, who was involved at the time in the Watergate investigation, stated these famous words, and I'm sure you've heard them. It's almost always the cover-up rather than the event that causes the trouble. And that's true, isn't it? That's true. One of the questions we have this morning is, how could someone so brilliant do something so foolish? And we all know the answer this morning, don't we? You know the answer and I know the answer. And that answer is this, just because we are smart does not mean we are wise, right? Right? You see, you can be very, very smart, but at the very same time, very foolish. And had President Nixon been wise as well as smart, Watergate may have never happened, or he certainly may have been able to save his presidency. This morning we're coming back to the book of Proverbs and we want to look at the prologue this morning. And Proverbs begins with this title, The Beginning of Wisdom. The Beginning of Wisdom. Now, one of the things you need to know about Proverbs is that it ends, the book ends, with the same statement that it begins with. And what this tells us then is the prologue is very, very important. And what the prologue does is it tells us what Proverbs will do for us if we will learn the wisdom set before us. I want to begin at verse 1 and read the prologue down to verse 7. And I would encourage you to follow along in your Bibles as we see what God has for us in this wonderful book. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance to understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. And now the statement that also ends the book of Proverbs, the fear of the Lord, is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Now in this opening prologue, Solomon is telling us that Proverbs has two purposes. This is what Proverbs will do for us. I wanna begin with the second purpose, and then after we're finished with that, we'll come back to the first for a few moments. Here is a main purpose of Proverbs. Proverbs will help us to think about life clearly. Mark this down this morning. Proverbs will help us to think about life clearly. Here's how we could read verse 1 and then the second part of verse 2 as we look at this purpose. The Proverbs of Solomon were collected to understand words of insight. The Proverbs of Solomon were collected here in this book so that we could understand words of insight. This is a main purpose of the book of Proverbs. Now it's interesting, the word insight here is a noun form of the verb to understand. So when it says to understand words of insight, those are basically the same words. So we could read it this way, to have insight into words of insight. Now, all of us this morning, we know what insight is. It is the ability to see into a situation clearly. Insight is the ability to see into a situation clearly. So, instead of being led around by our emotions and our feelings, like uh, the immature do... The wise, instead, are led by their ability to think about life clearly. Now, Proverbs here, as we see in verse 1, is the title for the whole book. And it's a very, very descriptive word. It literally comes from a word that means likeness or similarity. So this is telling us that Proverbs are comparisons... That are drawn from life to get us to think about life. Uh, In a uh, comparable uh, language, this word Proverbs is translated mirror. Mirror. So think about what this means. Proverbs are holding up a mirror in front of us. For us to look into and see something that will help us see life clearly. How many of you this morning have ever looked into a foggy mirror? Of course you have. And what did you see? You saw nothing. Because the fog obscured the mirror. Proverbs then are designed to clear the fog from life one Bible student has said this, a Proverbs is a little model of reality that causes us to see ourselves, our situation, and our conduct in that situation. What a great way to understand this. A proverb is a little model of reality that causes us to see ourselves, our situation, and our conduct in that situation. Say, All of us will make plenty of mistakes in life, correct? Correct this morning? (laughs) All right, you're with me. You're with me. Yes, we will. Here's what Proverbs says. Let me show you reality so you will make less mistakes. How many this morning are interested in making less mistakes in life? Yeah, you see my hands up. Proverbs then is for you. Now, here's what people say to us in uh, the world they say, uh, live and learn. Live and learn. That's uh, how you gain wisdom. You live and learn. You know what God is saying to us in Proverbs? He says, learn and live. The exact opposite. God is saying for us in Proverbs, I have done the work for you. Here it is. Here is reality. Learn this reality and then you will be able to live. Now one more thing about this main purpose. Because Proverbs are comparisons, they are not always easy. Proverbs, brothers and sisters, they take work. They take work. In fact, notice the various forms that they come in. In verse 1, they are described as Proverbs. In verse 2, they're called words of insight. Dropping down to verse 6, they're called short sayings, the words of the wise, and they're even called riddles. Did you also know that parables are proverbs? Sixteen times in the Old Testament, this word proverb is translated parable. Say, who taught a lot in parables? Jesus did. Did you know that Jesus said he was greater than Solomon? In fact, Jesus said the whole world came to hear the wisdom of Solomon, but he said a greater than Solomon is here. In fact, you know what Proverbs does? It points us forward to the Lord Jesus Christ. It is no wonder that Jesus taught in parables, Proverbs, just like Solomon. Now do you remember why Jesus said he taught in parables or proverbs? He said he taught in parables, first of all, to hide truth from those who were not interested in learning. The arrogant, the self-sufficient, those who thought they had life all figured out, and knew it on their own. And when Jesus would teach in a parable, they would say to themselves, well, I don't need to listen to that. I don't need to try to understand that because I've got life figured out on my own. And Jesus said, I teach in parables and proverbs to hide truth from that kind of person. But to those who know, Jesus is greater than Solomon proverbs reveal truth making us think and here's what we do with a parable we say to ourselves what's the main point of that parable you remember how the disciples were constantly asking Jesus what did you mean by this And here are the questions that we ask as we study Proverbs and parables. We say to ourselves, well, who am I in this parable? Am I the elder brother or am I the prodigal son? Am I the wise virgin or am I the foolish virgin? Am I like the shrewd manager? Or am I like the Pharisee or the publican? And what we say to ourselves is, I want to know. I want to know so that I can see clearly. Do you know, uh, one of uh, Solomon's Proverbs says, consider the ant." Proverbs chapter six. And I look at that and I say, Consider the ant? You know, the only time that I consider ants is in the spring, when I'm trying to get rid of them. And then I wonder to myself, uh, I've used the best pesticides, and why can't I get rid of these ants? And here's what Solomon says. He says, consider the ant and be wise. An ant is a mirror in which you can see yourself and you can learn wisdom. That's why twice Proverbs refers to the ants. By the way, you know what I know you're thinking about right now? You're thinking about ants, aren't you? And some of you are thinking this morning, I wonder what I can learn from ants. And you know what Solomon would say? He would say, I've got you right where I want you. You are thinking about a proverb. You're using your mind to get at the truth. If you will keep doing that, you will think clearly. And Solomon would say, that's what I want. I want the people of God To think about the truth of God, so they will think clearly about life. I want the people of God to think about the truth of God, so they will think clearly about life. And the more that we do that, the clearer our minds will become and we will be able to understand a proverb. And a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. We'll say, I know exactly what the parable of the ant is teaching me, and more than that, I want to live this way. I want to live this way. Brothers and sisters, Proverbs will train us to think about life. And how important is that? How important is that? Proverbs will train us so that we can think about life. How blessed are our families if we think clearly. Do you know there are people in divorce court every day Who are putting an end to their marriage. And the reason they're putting an end to their marriage is they do not know how to think clearly about marriage. And if they could think clearly, they would make a completely different decision. How how blessed, how blessed is our marriages if we learn to think clearly. How blessed is our churches if we learn to think clearly? Do you know this very moment there are churches that we know of all over that are in turmoil? And the reason those churches are in turmoil is there are people in them who have not learned to think clearly. And how blessed are our churches when we know how to think clearly? See, as we study this wonderful book, here is one of the main purposes. You and I will learn how to think clearly about life. Now, let's notice the first main purpose that is found in Proverbs, all right? If we could read Proverbs again this way, The opening verse and the first part of verse 2 would say this. The Proverbs of Solomon collected to know wisdom and instruction. The Proverbs of Solomon collected to know wisdom and instruction. Here is the purpose of Proverbs. It is to help us to live life skillfully. It is to help us to live life skillfully. Now this word wisdom here is a word that really simply means skill. It means skill. And it was used in a variety of ways. It was used of the skill of a sailor on the sea. It was used of the skill of a weaver at a weaver's shuttle. It was used of a craftsman who had skill in making artifacts of wood or clay or of metal. Here, the word wisdom means skill in living the right kind of life. Skill in living the right kind of life. One Bible teacher describes it this way. One who lives life with moral skill so that something of lasting value is produced is the wise person. Let me say that again. One who lives life with moral skill so that something of lasting value is produced is the wise person. Let me ask you this morning, what people do you know That if you were to go to their grave and stand at their grave, you would say to yourself, This person lived a life of real, lasting value. All of us immediately can think of people like that. We stand at their grave and we think they lived a life of real, lasting value. You know why they did that? They had skill. They had skill. Skill in living. Just this past summer, we stood at a grave of somebody like this. And as we stood at that graveside, the people that were standing there all had an opportunity to speak. And they talked about how this person had made an impact on their life. And when that graveside service was over, I came away saying, Lord, give me that kind of skill. Give me that kind of skill so that at the end of my life, as people are standing around my coffin or my grave, they will say he lived a life that produced something of lasting value. See, all of us, all of us, That's the kind of life that we want to live. And Proverbs is telling us that's the kind of life that it is offering. Now, it's interesting here in this opening prologue, there are a number of questions about this wisdom that Proverbs is talking about that help us understand it a little bit more. I want to look at just the first one for just a moment and then uh, next Sunday we'll come back and we'll pick up the others. But here's the first question. How do we get this kind of wisdom? How do we get this kind of wisdom? Look again at verse 2. To know wisdom and instruction. Instruction. That is a very important word here because... It means training. It means training. And what it is telling us is the way that we get skill in life is through training. Now, I don't need to tell you what the whole Bible says. No one is born wise. Right? No one is born wise. In fact, you know what the Bible says? Every one of us here this morning, we are born to folly. We are born to folly. Proverbs 22.15 says foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. Psalm 58.3 says we go astray from the womb. Psalm 51.5 says that we are sinful from birth. We are born to folly. And therefore, says Solomon, if we are to have skill in living the right kind of life, we need training in wisdom to become wise. Now, I want to ask you a few questions this morning. How much training does it take to be a skillful nurse? How much? Well, you know quite a bit. It takes schooling. It takes passing your boards. And it takes years of experience to be a skillful nurse. How much training does it take to be a skillful police officer? Well, today, you know what it takes. You have to get a degree in criminal justice. Then you have to go to the academy. And then there are years of experience to become a skillful police officer. How much training does it take to become a skillful mechanic? Well, it takes schooling, and then it takes certification, and then years of experience. Now, let me ask you this. How much training does it take to become a skillful husband or wife? How much training does it take to become a skillful parent? How much training does it take to become a skillful Christian? It takes years of training in God's school of wisdom. It is the very same principle. Just as we know a skillful nurse has been trained to be skillful. A skillful officer has been trained to be skillful. A skillful mechanic has been trained to be skillful. So it takes training in the school of God's wisdom to be a skillful Christian, a skillful husband, a skillful wife, a skillful parent. And that's what Proverbs Is offering to us. It is offering the training that we might become skillful in life. This past week as I was preparing for this message, I learned something that Billy Graham did in his life that was very intriguing to me in light of this. Here's what Billy Graham said. For years, he read five Psalms every day and one chapter of Proverbs every day in addition to his regular scripture reading. And he said, if you will read five Psalms every day and one chapter of Proverbs every day, you will be able to read the entire book of Psalms and the entire book of Proverbs in one month. Now, Billy Graham lived to be 99 years of age. And this is what he said. He said, the Psalms will tell you how to get along with God. And the Proverbs will tell you how to get along with people. How many of you would like those two blessings in your life? The Psalms will tell you how to get along with God. And the Proverbs will tell you how to get along with people. Now, here's what I thought. Here's what I thought. If Billy Graham kept up this practice for just 50 of his 99 years, you know what that means? He read the Psalms 600 times. And he read Proverbs 600 times. How many of you think that had anything to do with why he could sit on a TV talk show and share such wisdom? How many of you think he wanted to think clearly and live skillfully? And that's why it is very possible he read Proverbs 600 times in his 99 years, once every month as he read a chapter a day. And here's the wonderful thing. We can do the very same. We can do the very same. Now, I don't know how long this study in Proverbs is going to go, but here's the challenge I would like to throw out to all of us. Would you follow the practice of Billy Graham? Would you get started? The new month of November is coming very soon. And if you will read one chapter of Proverbs every day, you will read the wisdom of God once every month. And if you will begin to incorporate it into your life, here's what you'll find will start to happen. You will be able to think clearly about life, and you will find yourself developing the skill that you need for life. I can't think of anything, anything more thrilling for a Christian. And let's ask God to have that pursuit as we study His Word together. Would you bow with me in prayer? Father, we pray that you would stir our hearts this morning. We can't imagine anything more blessed than at the end of our lives for people to stand in a circle around us and say we produced something of lasting value, and for them to look at our lives and say the reason this life of lasting value and the impact it had was produced was because here was a person who was a clear thinker They weren't led about by their emotions and their feelings like the immature. But they had grown in wisdom and stature and favor with God and favor with men and they could think clearly. And then because of the skill that they gleaned from the living word of God, they became like the living person of God the Lord Jesus, the greater than Solomon, who the whole book of Proverbs points us to. And so, Lord, today, stir us. Moses prayed, Lord, show me your ways. Show me your ways. And Lord, we know that when you show us your ways, we are learning of you yourself. And learning of you yourself and walking in your ways makes us like you. To our blessedness and the blessedness of all around us. We love you, Lord, this morning. We follow hard after you. And just before I say amen and our hearts are bowed and our eyes are closed, would you just express your prayer to God this morning? Lord, I want to think clearly in my marriage in my family, here at the church. And I want something of lasting value to come forth because I've lived skillfully. Father, my heart beats for that. Answer my prayer by the power of the Holy Spirit within me. For Jesus' sake, Amen.